What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Waiver Wired Podcast. We are here with you live on a Thursday afternoon. That means that if you're watching this right now, hopefully you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch, or even if you're watching on Twitter, please feel free to comment, drop your questions because it's really here. We have preseason football games tonight. Eddie, how excited are you for your Giants tonight? You can see I'm wearing the hat. I mean, yeah. they're playing their starters. I know some guys are banged up, Kadarius Tony, I think. But Daniel Jones is going to get some time. Not sure how much, but I don't know. Is Dayball a madman? Does he really want to see what the team has? Is he trying to get all these guys injured to, to start a rebuild or something? I have no idea. But, uh, yes, it's going to be an exciting game to watch, uh, obviously, versus the Patriots, too. Excited to recap hard knocks. Excited to get into running backs, which is the crucial part of everyone's draft. So this is going to be a big episode. Very excited. This is a huge episode. We're going to try to pack a lot of information into the next hour. First of all, we got to hit the news because you need to know what's going on. Because if you're drafting right now, there actually are things affecting those drafts. I was just reviewing um, the quarterback ADPs. You know, last week we talked about quarterbacks. And it's interesting because where quarterbacks were going in July versus where they've gone in the first uh, few weeks of August or week and a half of August, it's dropping across the board. And I think it's because more savvy drafters are kind of getting in and they're more willing to wait on quarterbacks. And that's a good sign. And a few of the biggest droppers, and we talked about these players last week, are Matt Stafford because of the elbow questions. Um, And I just want to tell everybody that if it's true that he managed that injury last year and he managed it all the way to the Super Bowl with 4,886 yards and 41 touchdowns, then he's a real value right now where he's going. He's dropped to like pick 105, which is QB 11. Uh, Tom Brady has fallen because of this news that he's going to be missing camp until August 20th. Guys, who cares? I, I, I hate to break it to you, but Tom Brady's done this before. He'll be okay if he misses a little bit of camp. Clearly, this was some non-refundable cruise he booked when he was retired. And now that he's unretired, he doesn't want to lose the buffet. Give him a break. You know, so we're going to give Tom Brady a break here. Remember, he passed for over 5,000 yards last season. And Vegas still has his, you know, passing yards total like 45, 4,600, depending on which book you look at. And his touchdowns at 35 and a half. So they're expecting a really good season. So you're still getting value for Tom Brady, who's dropped like 20 spots, probably because of this news. Absolutely ridiculous. Maybe because of the Russell Gage stuff. I don't know. Get you some Tom Brady. And then Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's falling. And Deshaun Watson and um, who's the other one that's ahead? Oh, Jameis Winston have moved ahead of him. Jameis Winston has a bum foot. I was talking with... um, beat reporter from the saints earlier today he they're not concerned yet but he's not playing for a while okay that's a thing and number two deshaun watson is guaranteed not to give you a whole season he's not going to give you the whole season maybe he's going to give you some games maybe no games but he's definitely not giving you all the games so uh keep your eye on matt ryan that's now coming off the board at qb 20 i went on a tangent this is supposed to be a running backs episode I'm sorry. Let's talk about hard knocks. I'd, I'd love to get into that. Uh, it was a great episode. I feel like I haven't been this jacked up for a hard knocks after watching an episode probably since like the Jets one with Rex Ryan. That's incredibly long, you know, years ago. But I, I, I love this this Lions team. I love what they brought in the first episode. I feel like I would fall on a sword, um, run through traffic. I would do all these things for Coach. Absolutely. I would Absolutely. do them. Absolutely. He's, he's uninspiring. My, my Texas man, Dan Campbell. 
he he just has so many qualities that you want in a coach. I mean, obviously the fact that he played and he was an you know, impactful player in the league for a number of years, played in the Giants, played in the Cowboys, and then he you know worked his way up. Guy just you know eats, breathes, lives football. Obviously asking for those gigs, and and he just worked his way up. He's just studying everything you possibly can, and he's a guy that like you want in the foxhole. I know some people get bothered by his platitudes and whatever, but it's like he cares about his players. He wants to win. He was getting emotional. It was a rough year for the Lions last year, and he brings in this coaching staff of like his contemporaries basically uh which by the way really upset me because like i grew up going like oh i went to games in person saw aaron glenn play for the jets and i remember you know hating deuce daly when he played for the for the eagles as a as a giants fan and now these guys are like fatter and gray and they're coaching and i'm like wow i am also getting old but besides the point i love the fact that he brought this this whole team in this, these coaching have guys he played with and not that they're going to be a great team but they definitely have some kind of fire uh, in them and i would not be shocked if the lines maybe you know surprises a little bit here and there steal again they probably shouldn't have uh he's got a good thing going there I mean, I had a couple of thoughts. One, could there be a better choice right now by the NFL as far as PR? Because look what's going on with this Deshaun Watson thing. The, you know, there's just a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cheating, tanking, Tom Brady gate again. I mean, there, there's a million things that the NFL, Calvin Ridley betting on. It's just, sure. it's just, you know, all bad. And then you put these guys on TV. And it's like, oh, I believe it. It feels so good. It's really smart for them. I also thought to myself, watching Dan Campbell, that I don't think that his, or I hope, I don't know. The thing I think might for sure, well, the thing I think might for sure, Jennifer, get your words in line. The problems that they have, for instance, in Las Vegas with Henry Ruggs or, you know, Antonio Brown or all these players, I just don't see that happening in Detroit. Mm -hmm. I see this being a clean crew that really doesn't want to disappoint their coach. Like, I just see I see him being so good for them as human beings, not just as players. And I think that is going to make them better players. But I got to ask you this. (laughs) Jamal Williams. Full of it, acting, or, or what? Because this guy is, he's a trip. Jim, we're going to get into Jamal Williams a lot later. Obviously, we're diving into running backs today, so I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm a fan. I, this happens every year we watch Hard Knocks. There's always that one player you buy into, and usually it's a guy that's like on the fringe of making the roster. Not the case with Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, obviously, is a guy they signed, went out of their way to get. Uh, I mean, the one-two punch of Swift and Jamal Williams is awesome, and what I really liked about it, obviously, the main thing was him you know, crying in like that, that team huddle. Like He's the sick of losing. just a little he, too far from me. But the rest he, of it I was into. I bought into it. I thought that he, he it? if you're crying in got the it. beginning of training camp and you want to get this team win, I, I love that this guy's a team leader. And to me, the other really important thing that happened was when Dan Campbell said to him, he's like, I'm not worried about you. He's like, you're, like, you're going to you know do your thing. I'm not worried about you. Like he has full confidence in him, which for those fantasy football players, it's like, okay, well, clearly there's a trust factor there. We know DeAndre Swift gets hurt. It's all I'm going to say about the matter. We'll get into it later. But then knowing the fact that Dan Campbell trusts in this guy, he's He's a veteran. He's still in the prime of his career. He's in the last year of his deal. It's I. I'm a fan of Jamal Williams. So I. I, I that that portion of the show was was really exciting to watch. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of went and, like thought again about like where he was being drafted, and yeah, it was it was entertaining if nothing else, and it, it did feel briefly inspiring. If, if Jamal Williams becomes the leader of the Detroit Lions in the clubhouse in the locker room, you know. 
that's not something we saw coming a couple no, years ago. He's also a guy that I could see the minute he's retired is like he's going to get a coaching job somewhere too. You can yeah. just tell he has it. Like he, he's, he's an awesome – I'm a huge fan of his. And I think that's a great idea. And I think maybe he's already thinking that way too. So – Jamal Williams, good on you. Um, let's see, what other reports do we have today? Oh, reports say Browns will be in on Jimmy G if Watson's suspension increases. Does this change how you feel about any of the position players? For instance, does it make you more likely to take a flyer on Amari Cooper or even David Njoku? I definitely think having Jimmy G under center and it opens up more things for the running backs. Uh, that's the number one thing I was concerned about is if you're trying to draft Nick Chubb. I know Kareem Hunt wants out of Cleveland. Maybe he doesn't anymore if they do bring in Garoppolo. But there's just something to be said of how a team's going to stack the box so they know your quarterback's a joke. And say what you want about Jimmy G. Uh, and uh, he, he gets it done. Like He finds ways to win games. Yes, he makes some bad errors, some bad mental mistakes, throws balls and errors he shouldn't do it. But but more often than not, he's going to move the ball, and he's just good at being a game manager. And luckily for him, the Browns team, you know, pretty solid old, old places on offense. So the offensive line, two great running backs. They have Amari yeah. Cooper. They have they have pieces. This I think he can get it done. The one with Baker Mayfield. Exactly. So I think he can get it. I think he can get it done. Um, it's a messy scenario, but I, I think that you know it, it's Jimmy G being fourth in the depth chart in San Francisco. Obviously, like it's it's he's not staying there. So this is probably right now as the the season's going about to start. It's like this is the best option for him so i think if you're a fantasy uh player and you want to draft some of these cleveland browns uh jimmy g at quarterback definitely helps you out speaking of the browns deshaun watson will start the browns first preseason game i suppose that if you've decided you're going to take the risk in drafting deshaun watson you might want to also check in on how he looks after not having played professional football for a year that's that's it because there's no other reason to play him because if you know he's going to get suspended yeah, why are you playing him it's the only because you know it's going to come down sooner rather than later the ruling that uh commissioner goodell or, or goodell may have say goodell like the uh the new denver broncos owner who couldn't pronounce his name right but uh you know playing him after that that much time off it just makes sense you get a couple drives from him and then you know he's going to get suspended for at minimum probably 12 games. So uh, I, I don't I, I don't think much of it. I think it's, it's dumb to play him, but I understand the reasons behind it. Friends, I want to remind you, he's going in drafts before Matt Ryan, who, yes, is old, but he's picking up the tempo. There's been good reports out of camp. Uh, he's been accurate, uh, and uh, I'm excited about that value. Okay, Josh McDaniels. Oh, right. So last Thursday, because we, we did our pod, and then there was the Raiders game. Oh, by the way... I won the hashtag extra prop last week. Oh, I, yes. I got Congrats. I got a $400 AFC West ticket to for the Raiders. You guys check out Prop Swap, right? Um, it was awesome. And so, yeah, I, I got I got the game total exactly right. I feel so lucky. That is awesome. Um, you guys play. You just have to um, – you can check it out on my Twitter account. You just have to put hashtag um, extra prop, extra – I don't know. Guys, check it out. Extra prop, is that right? And you have to yes. tag us and prop solve. Anyway, right. it's easy. It's really easy to win because I did it last week. So do it. Try it. Um, anyway, uh, game tonight. Um, and so the game last week, people were all concerned about Josh Jacobs, right? Why is Josh Jacobs playing? Are they showcasing him for a trade? And my initial thought was like, no, this is just more like Bill Belichickery. I mean, that's from the same tree here. Um 
And, and so he's come out and said, no, I just wanted to see how he can be hit. And I think the other thing they wanted to see was the offensive line, which is something that they've worked on and they need to work on blocking for Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs needs to show that he's tough enough to work behind the O-line, whether they're blocking for him or not. Again, the wisdom of doing that with, you know, your best running back, I don't know, but Josh McDaniels has some experience. So it's going to be a committee there. I have a feeling no matter what, I was a little excited about Zamir White. Do you think he's someone we should keep our eyes on as a later pick, as someone that could be used uh, nicely in that committee in Las Vegas? Well, my thing is with this report that he won't trade like Josh Jacobs, I was just thinking like why, I don't know why they would want to get rid of him. And I was trying to think of the best case scenario, like for yeah. where would you bring him? But they, you know, they say the, the offensive line, they're supposed to improve and having, uh, you know, the way before, like I was saying, when you, when you have a good quarterback that better than the, you know, what the Browns had there, you're going to sack the box. When they have it bringing in a guy like Devontae Adams, what does that do? Well, it makes the running game a lot easier. So I was a fan of, of Josh Jacobs. If he slid in draft, I wasn't going to go out of my way for him. You know, he has issues maybe catching the ball, but I think with this offense, now having a stud receiver to make things you know besides just Adams they still have Renfro obviously Darren Waller fully healthy it's a potent passing attack so having Josh Higgs makes things way easier so I was a fan so I hope they don't trade him because I think that he's in a good spot right now by the way for everybody watching this show right now please jump in let's make this a conversation do you think they're going to trade Josh Jacobs where should he go if they do we are talking about running backs today we're about to get into that shortly so you can chat with us on the YouTube channel on the Twitch um, and on our Facebook so jump right in and if you have questions ask him and if you just want to comment say Jen where can I get that cool extra points hat and what's your favorite sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings those are the kind of real, real breaking news things we can answer for you. So jump on in. I see some of you out there watching. So come play with us. Uh, what else? Okay. This is interesting. Makai. So two days ago for Sports Illustrated, I was writing an article because Makai Becton likely out for the season, broken kneecap on the same knee he injured last year, but a different injury. This kid is not getting any breaks. Okay. Uh, so he's out. Um, and then I thought to myself, oh man, what does this do for all the position players? Like we were all hoping Zach Wilson's second year step forward. Doesn't look encouraging. Um, Brees Hall is someone as this is the running back episode that people have pushed all the way up to the third round of fantasy drafts. So that's actually something I want to go out and talk about now. Now I, I should qualify. They did sign Dwayne Brown today. And that's probably a lateral move, though he may not be comfortable with the, you know, right tackle versus left tackle and the switching and the swapping and all of this. So we'll see. I think that we have to be cautious about getting overly excited about Brees Hall. Now, let me state my case here. I'm not saying the guy is not incredibly talented. He's incredibly talented. He was so talented at Ohio State. Um, But Michael Carter did not die. Robert Sala likes to use a running back room. And number three, the combined total of all the running backs last year, that's, you know, Ty Johnson, uh, Michael Carter, the whole room, about less than 12, fewer than 1,250 rushing yards between all three running backs. So what is that upside? Because Michael Carter is going to be involved. He still led the group. He's not going away. And I think a lot of people are just assuming Brees Hall is going to slide in there, but he's sliding in and probably a pathetic offense. Sorry, Jets fans. Um, so taking 
him in the third round, which is where he's been pushed up to. I think something happens with rookie hype and everybody wanting to be the genius one that, that gets the kid that breaks out. I'm not saying he's not going to be okay or good. It's just too rich for my blood. So um, I don't know. What are your feelings about Brees Hall? I really like Brees Hall a lot this year. I, you know, if you're watching him when he was a cyclone, he's a guy that could do it all. He's an every down back. He's you could third down. He's in there. He can catch. He could pass protect. And I think having Zach Wilson a little bit com- more comfortable this year will, and again, Mekhi Becton was a, a huge part of that. And now they did sign Dwayne Brown. So hopefully things aren't uh, as drastic as they were a little bit ago. But, you know, when you lose your six foot seven, like 370 pound tackle who is just, Monster. he was eating defense like he was eating guys like when he was locking that show when he was healthy it was uh, a thing he was like, to watch. Him up like tonk oh my god he's like, he, yeah he's, he's the perfect like, guy to protect your blind side so i i was pretty jacked up in the jets i was like yep go over their win total i'm not really huge you know i'm not really buying into the the dolphins and i think the patriots take a step back so i was like i love the jets i love zach wilson's arm uh i love what they did in the draft i thought the jets were gonna be great i think what they have right now is is uh they're building something special there and then this injury was was really bad because again i love Brees hall coming uh, out of college into the league and I was targeting him and I definitely agree with you Jen though third round a little a little high for him and I, I was a guy like Michael Carter last year too I had him on certain teams and I think he's a bright future if you remember watching those UNC Tar Heel teams with him he was he was great as well with uh, Javante Williams so I, I was a fan of both these backs in college and I think they're just in a great spot with the Jets now I'm hoping that Dwayne Brown at his age can still be uh, effective and help protect Zach Wilson because that's the key to the entire team now if Zach Wilson and his live arm could scare defenses. The running game is going to be a lot better. And Brees Hall's a guy can catch it. Third round, though, I'm kind of with you, John. I wish it was a couple rounds later, and then I would definitely be targeting way more. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. And so, uh, w- what you're going to notice is the way that I approach things, and we're going to talk about this as we go through each position. Is not in um, in a vacuum. You know, this is the most talented guy. Um, he should be the best. It's really about value. And when you're putting together a team, you want to always get a little bit better value. So sometimes that means, you know, you're looking for the best value at a position, not necessarily the very best player. Um, and, and one thing I have noticed is that a lot of fantasy experts, and I'm not, you know, trying to talk negatively about anybody, but you want to kind of watch your fantasy experts and see how they build a team, not just how they feel about individual players, because it's still all a puzzle. Um, that's a great question, Brees Hall or Travis Etienne. Um, and it's a really tricky one. Um, I would probably lean Etienne. Uh, yeah. Both are going to be in committees, um, but Etienne, I believe, is, has a better system with, with Doug Peterson. Um, of course, Josh Jacobs has been practicing. So we do want to keep an eye on that. But Josh Jacobs is a little bit injured. That's not the case with Michael Carter. Um, So I think at least to start, I would go ETN there. But many people would disagree and would take Brees Hall. So, you know, they're probably about the same in my book. I'm not sure what the latest rankings are. Let's see. Um, Both of those guys were potentially on our exercise we're doing later. We're on potentially on my list and I just missed the cut. But um, yeah. yeah, especially, uh, you know, I I still am a Brees Hall guy. But ETN I, 17, Brees Hall 18. So they're exactly right there. We do have another quick oh. question here just about the hats. And Brad, uh, you could buy any Giants hat. Any, no, I'm kidding. Uh, 
um, the extra points. Oh. I believe the one we have uh, is the employees had, but it's you can play. Edition. But yes. you can play for the gold hat. hat. Uh, play every month. We do the the prop quiz. The play prop culture. Play win the gold hat. Uh, I still have not won a gold hat, so I'm very jealous. So I'm kind of with you, Brad. I need I need a hat as well. I need a gold uh, hat too. Me and Jen both don't have it. I'm not sure. Brother Bry may be still, or maybe he got one recently. Uh, unsure, but I know there's we're like the few ugly ducklings left without the uh, the very pretty. Sad gold extra points hat so Brad please yeah. play and you will you will win one so um okay so back to my thing about building a team so when we are we're doing these positional previews we're going to talk about the talent but what we're going to talk about more is the value and how you can piece that together and uh you're going to notice that being a theme and I think if you go back and look at fantasy experts that consistently win leagues I'm talking players like Adam Ronis Howard Bender uh, Rick and Glenn Wolf, uh, th- these people that can cons- Michael Fabiano, these people that consistently win fantasy football leagues. That's what they do. They get the value. They don't just go for their guys because they're touting their guys. If their guy is suddenly going too early and it's no longer value, they're going to pass because they want to win their league. So I want you to keep all those things in mind. And, and if I ever say like, I think I, you know, I'm not taking that person. They're not on my do not draft. It's often because of where they're being taken. I'll always qualify that, but I just wanted to put that out there um, so that, you know, I think Brees Hall is a stud. I think he'll be great in the NFL. I just think that he is going too early in fantasy drafts, he's going before Ezekiel Elliott. And I, and it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but Ezekiel Elliott's probably going to rush for another thousand yards minimum. And he's going to get a ton of goal line carries. I don't think you can lock that in for Brees Hall because quite simply, the entire running back room for the Jets last year only got to like 1,200. I'm so, t- totally with you on that. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. All right, so let's do it. Let's just start tearing down this running back position. We'll start at the top. Um, Obviously, JT, consensus number one overall. Do you have any issues with him being the number one pick? Absolutely not. It's If you have the first pick in the draft, you're very lucky. It's a home run. Absolutely. Now, we could spend like an entire podcast on like every one of these running backs. So Mm -hmm. we're going to try to do this as efficiently as possible. Next up, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, believe it or not, and Derrick Henry rounding out the top five right now on the NFC. Now, these might be a little bit differently depending on where you're drafting, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of going with the high stakes, the sharper people, because we're going to learn a little bit from these people. They're going to help us learn, too. Jen, I, right. know we, I know we want to move along quickly. I do have one quick question about the top five and with, yeah. uh, with Derrick Henry. Okay, and Derrick. I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey. So go ahead. Let's start with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, I was talking to some people I play fantasy with, and I was like, I'm kind of afraid of Derrick Henry, number one. About the like when you, running backs tend to fall off a cliff. When is that year coming for Derrick Henry? The amount of the usage, the hits he's been taking, I'm afraid of that. And the second part thing is we kind of saw in the offseason the Titans are like they're just like checked out with Ryan Tannehill. They just they're any excuse to move on from him. It seems like they want to do that. So to me, the combination of Derrick Henry potentially falling off the cliff. And Ryan Tannehill, if he's playing pretty mediocre, it's like, you know what? We did draft Malik Wolf. Let's put him in. Do either of those things concern you, Derrick Henry? Or if you're sitting at you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth pick, you can take Derrick Henry. Is that just the pick you make? And don't think about it. If he falls all the way to the fifth, sixth pick, I'm taking Derrick Henry. And I understand why. I mean, there's absolutely, it's just like the argument with, I don't know, even with Tom Brady, right? Like eventually he has to slow down. Sure. Now I'm getting injured. But we still saw Derrick Henry came back pretty early from injury and he was still pretty effective. 
And I'm not sure that Derrick Henry is, okay, no, he's probably not going to rush for 2,000 yards. But even if he rushes for 1,100, 1,200, it's not really a bust that early. And the potential is really, really high. It's really tricky because any other human being, I would be concerned. But I sort of believe that Derrick Henry is a unicorn. Um, Yeah. I mean, physically, it's insane. Yeah. You know, he looks nothing like a unicorn, but sorry, Derek. He's watching. a football unicorn. Yeah, he, I mean, football he's unicorn. built like a truck, and I'm with like you. a manly unicorn, Derek. Definitely and, a manly unicorn. And I'm not trying to tear him down, but it just, yeah. you, it's just with running backs, the shelf lives are so short. And of he's course. like, he, he's one of the few bell it's cows. True. You got to really got to worry about that kind of stuff. And he's older. And yeah. do you remember at the beginning of his career, he was always a second half yes. guy? Yes, yes. And then last year, he got up to this amazing first half and i don't know but you know vegas still has his props what are his props they're high it's like 1350 minimum rushing rides where they're asking you to over under so like hmm. they expect him to still be pretty good right sometimes that's a clue if i'm ever not sure i'll go look and i'll be like wait a second vegas is way higher on robert woods than the fantasy analysts why is that maybe vegas is wrong but they're often pretty close. Um, obviously, you can't predict injuries and things like that, but it's a really good way to kind of get an idea of maybe where our valuations are a little bit off. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. There sure. is a lot of debate within the industry. So Christian McCaffrey obviously hasn't played a full season in two years. However, for me, I am still willing to take an early pick on Christian McCaffrey. Now, cool. If you want to take Austin Eckler ahead of Christian McCaffrey, no argument there. But I think after that, the next running back, if you want to go running back, is Christian McCaffrey. And the reason why is we've seen that Christian McCaffrey is the most talented running back in the league as far as PPR, PPR leagues. Okay. He can run, he can catch, he can give you a thousand yards on the ground, a thousand yards through the air. The guy's phenomenal. And your argument is, but he keeps being injured. But none of those injuries are like to tendons, they're not to surgeries. Uh, he's been fully healthy in camp. And finally, my argument is about something I like to call replacement value. So Christian McCaffrey, when he plays, He's giving you a great game. Mm-hmm. You're getting 15, 16, 20, 25 points. So even if he only plays like last season, he played what? I don't know, seven games. Five of those games, you're getting really, he finished at like top, you know, running back four or higher. Okay. And this is different to me than say like a Saquon Barkley, who I still like, but I want to take much later. Saquon Barkley, same thing, right? Injured, et cetera, et cetera. But the difference was Saquon Barkley comes back and because we remember how great he was, we keep plugging him into our lineup every week, but he's kind of slowly draining us because he's not giving, he's giving us eight point games, four point games, but we can't not play Saquon Barkley, right? Uh, yeah. 100%. Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's out. No problem. You pick someone up off the waiver wire, you pick up his hand cover, plug and play. You're not really losing. Does that make sense? He's not a drain. Jen, I remember when you, you came on minus three with me and Dave a few weeks back. And uh, I believe the line you said was like, yes, Christian McCaffrey has dealt with injuries. But when Christian McCaffrey plays, he's always giving you a good game. And you just said that again. And that's the, the, the true, like the most truthful thing you could possibly say. 
he, he is the offense. We remember last year, right, when they weren't they like 4-0 they started out and Sam Darnold was like playing kind of well and then yeah. recovery gets hurt and then what happens? Everything falls Everything's apart. Everything falls apart. So it shows you that he is the team. Now, you're, I don't know how much of an upgrade you want to call it. Me personally, I do believe in Baker Mayfield still. I think last year was a strange year and he was uh, dealing with a, a bad uh, left shoulder injury. He's there now. I trust him. That's going to help him out. Um, and we know that Christian McCaffrey does it all in the passing game too. And I also believe I know they moved on from Joe Brady as, but Matt Rule everywhere he's been has found success, and I do believe in Matt Rule. Either it's in uh, Temple and he goes to Baylor, now he's in the like. Give him a few years, he's going to create a system. It's going to be fine. I'm with you. If you have to draft uh, McCaffrey, if he's there, take McCaffrey. Later on in the, in the draft, if you want to take Chuba Hubbard as his handcuff, who I think is a talented back too. If you watch him in college, go do that. But I, I, I mean, Jen, I'm with you. I'm not. I would not be afraid at all of taking Christian McCaffrey because when he's in your lineup, you're like, well, I'm getting a ton of points from this guy. So it's it's a simple simple draft rule. If he's there, take him. You think Najee Harris is okay at number four because that makes me nervous. I love Najee Harris. I have it, and we're doing later our tier thing. I'll I'll give mine. I will wait for yours to see how in the heat scale how hot they get. But my whole thing with Najee Harris is, is, I keep relating a lot of these running backs to the quarterback. But unfortunately, or fortunately, they're linked right now. Right now with with the Steelers. You know, it, it, they have Mason Rudolph there. They go and draft Kenny Pickett. They go and sign Mitch Trubisky. All right, Mitch Trubisky's starting preseason of the, the first game. I know people from Buffalo said how great he was, but why wouldn't they do? Like, why wouldn't they do that? There's no reason to to poo poo the guy. Mason Rudolph, we know what his ceiling is. Kenny Pickett is the wild card there. Uh, do I think that Mitch Trubisky is going to come in and light it up and be worthy of what he was years ago, the second overall pick by the Bears? I don't think that. I don't think you do either, Jen. So, you know, when you look at that and then you think with this team, they're a pretty good team. Their roster is pretty good. The AFC North now, you know, we, we have some struggles with the Browns. Like the Steelers may be in the mix of things, depending on how you feel with the Ravens. Defense is good. Offensive line is pretty good. Have really good weapons. Uh, and then you have Najee Harris. So to me, it's like well, if they want to win games to compete, the offense is going to run through Najee Harris. And this guy is obviously super young. I know last year you didn't love his like his averages. He wasn't averaging a ton for his usage. But the thing that's there is the usage. And usage is you know pretty much the name of the game in fantasy. So I think a lot of things run through him. And uh, at the you know if he's fourth overall, fifth overall, if he's there, uh, I really like that pick. So he's a guy in the early rounds that you're going to get a fresh young running back with quarterback uncertainty. And I know he's not the biggest pass catching running back. But there's a thing that quarterbacks do, either young or quarterbacks that are not that great and not going to find the receiver downfield. They're going to dump it off to him here and there when they can. So if Mitch Trubisky's there, I think he's going to be a game manager type. He's going to be smart about things. But uh, so, or, or if it's you know if it is Kenny Pickett too, he may rely on him more. But I think the offense is going to go heavy, heavy run. They're they're you know they're to win games. They're going to have to stop teams on defense and they're going to have to control the clock. And I think that that means that Najee Harris has monster games week in week out. Okay. I like Najee Harris. I'm just not sure I like him more than Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, or Joe Mixon, who are going after him. It, I, that, that's um, why I was a little skeptical. But depending on, on where Henry. you look, again, I'm looking yeah. on NFFC, and that and that these are the sharp people, and they agree with you. They have him ahead. So, uh, you know, uh, I like Najee. Uh, so next up after Najee, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. After that. DeAndre Swift, who I really, really dig. Um, that's a little high, but then again, um, maybe not. And then number nine is a guy I want to stop on. And um, I'm going to just, you know how we do this. We're just going to compare him to Buffalo Wild Wing sauces because it's the best way to do it. It just, just helps everybody really understand Absolutely. what I'm going for. So it, it is Javante Williams. 
Now, Javante Williams going end of first round, sometimes early second round. And I love Javante Williams. He's amazing. He's so talented. But an end of first round pick or beginning of second round pick, that is a pick that could end up kind of being like Asian Zing. You know, good. A little bit hot. Not totally hot. Um, or maybe as, you know, an end of round, beginning of second round pick, it's more like, um, spicy garlic, you know, it's good. It's dependable because here's the thing. Javante Williams is immensely talented, but the Denver Broncos aren't playing for your fantasy team. So when you're taking Javante Williams at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, you're drafting Javante Williams at peak Javante Williams, right? If he had the entire backfield, yeah, that's him. He's totally a first round pick, but he quite simply doesn't. And if you break down the numbers from last season, he and Melvin Gordon actually had the exact same number of carries, 203 carries. Um, Williams only played 27 more snaps, and that's because Melvin Gordon played one fewer game. As far as efficiency, Gordon was actually the more efficient running back, rushing for 4.5 yards per attempt as compared to Williams 4.4. Now, obviously, this is splitting hairs. The guys are both phenomenal before the season. Again, Javante totaled only nine fewer points than Gordon in PPR leagues. And again, Gordon played one fewer game. So in the end, maybe really Gordon would have been the more valuable back. You know, he's one of the most talented backs. I absolutely love him. But you have to remember, Melvin Gordon just re-signed for a one-year contract. And he's pals with Russell Wilson. Okay? And as you were just saying, the quarterback matters. It absolutely matters. So here's my converse to that. Melvin Gordon is going as late as the eighth round. Even if he has a 40% share of a Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson led offense, that's gonna be in all kinds of high scoring games with scoring opportunities, goal line opportunities in the AFC West, your eighth round Melvin Gordon pick is gonna end up being desert heat. Because you're going to get so much value and a dead zone in your draft. Mm -hmm. Draft dead zone. And you can lock him in at running back. Now, is there a little bit of risk? Is he older? Sure. But yet, at an eighth round pick, not too much. As opposed to Javante Williams, who, yes, he deserves to be there. He has the talent to be there. But you're passing on someone. For instance, I would prefer to take Aaron Jones there. Because with no Devontae Adams, 170 vacated targets in Green Bay, we've seen him step in when Devontae Adams has gone before. We know they're going to be a high-powered offense too. I would rather have Aaron Jones at that spot than Javante Williams. Um, you could consider Saquon Barkley. You could consider Alvin Kamara. You could consider Leonard Fournette. You could consider Nick Chubb. Or you could consider a receiver. And not flinching for running back right there. So that's my case uh, uh, to say. Javante Williams is a spicy player, no question about it. But when you compare him to his ADP, it's probably going to disappoint you a little bit. So you could end up with, you know, spicy garlic. Spicy garlic's good. But what you might rather have is the value from Melvin Gordon and end up with, like, desert heat. 
Yeah, it pains me to say this because I, I loved him. I believe last year I picked on one of the extra points pods that I picked Javante Williams to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because I just loved him coming out of college and I thought he was in a great spot in Denver. But everything you're saying is right. I just I guess I wasn't that big of a believer in Melvin Gordon last year. They obviously loved him. And like you mentioned, you know, the Wisconsin connection, Melvin Gordon, Russell Wilson and him being there. I mean, the offense will be totally different, but I, he would win. Javante Williams would win the award of like best player and probably the worst one of the worst scenarios in football because he's a guy that for fantasy uh, for fantasy 100 but if you're I, a denver broncos fan oh you're loving it yeah. yeah what are you complaining about because with the, the existence of javante williams is helping protect melvin gordon and getting more efficiency out of melvin gordon and the existence of melvin gordon is also helping protect javante williams right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's great if you're a Denver Broncos fan. It just stinks for fantasy um, because we want to get all in on Javante Williams. Um, but, you know, again, all about value. Um, so moving along, I've done my piece. Saquon Barkley. I know Dave is a huge fan of Saquon this year. I do think he is going to have a much better year this year. Yeah. I mean, his his rush totals are now around, like, was it 850 yards, 850 yeah. and a half? I think it's just tied with Zeke. So it's like 50 yards. I mean, 50 yards a game. It's, you know, 2018, 20. Like, we wouldn't be thinking twice about this, but obviously it shows what happens with injuries. But um, not to go on a giant spiel, but I think with the, the obviously, the day ball offense, with the improved offensive line, there's no reason why Saquon should not get over 50 yards a game. Plus, obviously, we know he could catch. So that's a, that's a big thing, too. So I, I'm a fan of Saquon where he's going in drafts. Aaron Jones, I just told you, I think he's being undervalued. I think he could have a monster year because of the situation. I think people are way assuming it's just going to be Alan Lazard and forgetting Mm -hmm. about uh, all that Aaron Jones can do and how much um, Aaron Rodgers loves his whoobies. And I think Aaron Jones is one of his whoobies. So I think we should expect more from Aaron Jones. And that is going to also piggyback on one of my favorite mid-round picks, A.J. Dillon, because if Aaron Jones is more involved in the passing game and all of this, I think a lot of punching in, a lot of goal line carries, and there's a lot of goal line carries to be had. Again, no Devontae Adams. He was the goal to go guy. Um, A.J. Dillon could be someone that's a value. And depending on what format you're drafting in, where I'm drafting with a lot of experts, he's still going pretty high. But over in ESPN leagues, he's going same places or after Melvin Gordon. So... Again, I think that's a really, really good value. After Aaron Jones right now, Alvin Kamara, we don't know. He may not have a single game of suspension this year. If so, wheels up, obviously. Um, If not, you know, it's the same kind of Deshaun Watson situation. You know, it's just how much risk you can tolerate if you miss half the season. That would suck. Uh, Leonard Fournette, all the way down here, Fat Lenny. (laughs) Give me that value, right? Yes, yes, totally. I mean, what he was a uh, awesome last year. He comes into camp in shape. He got himself in shape. Uh, it's I, I, I love where he's going in drafts. And then after Fat Lenny, Nick Chubb. Do we think Especially that the Jimmy offense G. is coming out of Nick Chubb's hands? Why? Yeah. Okay, Nick Chubb, so you're with me. Next one, Cam Akers. A lot of discussion here about Cam Akers. What is your feeling on Cam Akers? Well, uh, I think Cam Akers, I've read a lot of Rams beat guys and what's going on. Uh, they said he looks awesome. Um, not that I want to play into the mass effort elbow injury thing, but if that's still lingering, who knows? And then the offense will definitely have to run through him. I do think, and I McVay offense is obviously going to be pass happy, but they're, 
Cam Akers is the lead guy from everything I've read and, and, and listened to from the Rams camp. So I, I like where Cam Akers is going in that draft. Out of all those guys you mentioned, though, I definitely think he's probably last in that list. Not to bring it back to Kamara, but man, I feel like where Kamara is going, if there's no suspension, he's like a league winner. He, he is might be a league winner. I think he's a league winner. Suspension. Yeah. He's the league winner. Um, Cam Makers. And then after Cam Makers is James Conner. I am one of the few people that believes James Conner firmly deserves this position and is probably being undervalued. And I know many, many people don't trust it. They say he's always been injured. I, I disagree. I think they're going to continue to use him as a workhorse back. He can catch uh, the games that Chase Edmonds wasn't there. He was a monster in the air. And there's no reason for them to change that because they don't want Kyler running too much. They want to protect their quarterback. And yeah, of course, it's all health, but he was healthy for most of the season. I mean, it's a tough position. Everybody's going to get injured once in a while to an extent. So I am still a fan of James Conner and I'm willing to risk. What is this pick? I mean, pick uh, he's third, fourth round. Yeah, I would do it. A lot of people hate it. I love it. I will announce this right now. And hopefully no, no one I, I play fantasy football with is listening. I drafted James Conner in the ninth round. I think in my draft last year and, and that's how you won. I'm, I may, I may keep him. I think I may keep him. Like he may be my keeper. Just from the, the, like you said, he's super underrated in the passing game, and he got. I mean, he's he was scoring. I felt like multiple. It was like every time, every week, two touchdowns. Like even if he didn't do much else, it was like he's always scoring. He was their goal line guy. Uh, I, I yeah, mean, why would they change that? It's they're, they not, they're not. They're not. They're <laughs> not. Yeah. So unless you think the Cardinals are going to stink, I mean, they're not. So Chase Edmonds is gone. By the yeah. way, everybody, Daryl Williams. I mean, I don't. Oh, no, that's going to change everything. He's different than Chase said. I don't think so. So it's really just about health. Um, next up, Travis Etienne and Brees Hall, who we already talked about. So you can rewind that. Rewind your waiver wired. Um, and you can hear about Travis Etienne and Brees Hall. Okay, and then Zeke, my boy, has fallen all the way to number 19. All reports we have out of Cowboys camp is that Zeke looks great. I know Des Bryant was on the show with Fabs yesterday. We're yes. doing Fantasy Dirt the next couple weeks on SiriusXM. And, um, and Zeke looks great. And this kid has never I – mean, he, he's consistently a 1,000 yards, multiple touchdowns. And he was played through an injury last year. Yeah, he's getting older. But are you kidding me? He's going after Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, who's never played a snap in the NFL. Exactly. Come on. The value's I, too I good. Like you said before, the name of the game is value, and I think the value is just too good right here. And and, and people have to stop over like every running back has they that they, they have another back behind them. Like they they get spelled from time to time. They always take plays off. Like having Tony Pollard doesn't mean that like Zeke right. lost value. It means that not at he, all. he's not playing every offensive snap. It's gonna be okay. Protecting he's still Ezekiel L. Exactly. So I, I think where he's going for red drafts is, is and an there's awesome enough spot. to go around in that Cowboys offense. Just look at even if you just got the finish you got from Zeke last year, that's better than this value right now, right? And uh, I do think Pollard's gonna be more involved, but I think it's gonna be more in the passing game because they're gonna sure. need him. Him. With Michael Gallup not being there, the James Washington injury, sure, we're all like, yay, J James Holbert. But I think Pollard might be the secret weapon that's kind of Debo Samuel-ish that might give you a lot of points. That's definitely a good light pick. But I don't think that takes away from what Zeke does. I think they're just different players and they're both going to be used. Um, Zeke, David Montgomery, meh, you know, 
Yeah. If he has the opportunity, we don't know the system. That's probably okay value for him. Antonio Gibson, as you know, because I went on um, against all odds last year and said he was my bus pick mm-hmm. for where he was going. It was the same kind of situation. Now I'm not so off him. I think he's okay because I think this is about where he should go. But it is clear that they're not going to use him as the next Christian McCaffrey, which everybody said last year, which was BS. And they went out and got J.D. McKissick, so they're not planning to use him in that receiving game, even though the kid was a wide receiver in college. So I don't know. That kind of indicates maybe they aren't hugely high on Gibson, but he does pop off for big games, and we're getting into that dead zone right now where there's a lot of question marks, including J.K. Dobbins, who I love, but obviously we didn't see him last year. Remember, J.K. Dobbins much more useful in standard leagues um, than PPR leagues. He does better in that format. Josh Jacobs, who we spoke about, um, probably be in a committee. Um, And then... Elijah Mitchell. So my friend, um, Amber Theo Harris, who broadcasts for NFL Network, she was at camp the last two days. So she came back and gave me all the camp reports. God bless her. And um, Elijah Mitchell will be the lead back. There's no question about that. But you want to watch the San Francisco 49ers death chart. Jamichael Hasty is the one that looks like he's probably getting the short end of the stick um, because where they were failing last year was at the goal line. So they're going for these more big physical backs. So Jeff Wilson Jr. has bulked up. We should expect him to be involved. Uh, and we, he was already kind of a red zone guy anyway, but he's going to be more of that. Uh, the new rookie, Tyron Davis Price, is that? I'm sorry if I got that wrong. I need to check that out. He's definitely going to be used. Um, and believe it or not, Trey Sermon truthers. Kyle Shanahan told Amber that he's excited about Trey Sermon this year, that he's made a ton of improvements. So as a lay round dart throw, and I'm talking late, do not get excited. This is like if Elijah Mitchell gets injured, et cetera, et cetera. You could take the shot on Trey Sermon. I got burned that last year. I, yeah. uh, as a huge college football fan, and, and we know that how good Trey Sermon was and how good Ohio State was, and I bought into that, and I thought I was being smart because there was you know, a lot of talk of the other running backs. You know, We talked about the UNC guys and whatever, um, Javon, like, you know, Javonte Williams, Michael Carter, and there's a bunch of other running backs coming in the, the league, and I was like, well, who's the best You know, rushing the football team? It's probably the 49ers. They'll always find a way to create a scheme to open up holes, but they just had, like, they had, what, five, six, seven guys rush the ball for them last year, and, uh, and Trey Sermon was Nowhere to, yeah, nowhere to be found. I'm afraid of, of that whole thing. I, I still think one of the bigger storylines that come into this year is like how Trey Lance is. And I know I'm kind of going against my points before of how the quarterback <laughs> affects the running back, but something about that kind of scares me. And there's just too many mouths to feed there. Besides Debo Samuel, who I love, but uh, and I, I guess obviously Kittle tight end. But uh, yeah, the Sermon thing, I needed him to prove it before I'm like, okay, now I want some shares of, of Trey Sermon. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, I was not hurt by Trey Sermon because I didn't take Trey Sermon because yeah. I wasn't a believer last year so i don't have like the scars but i just you know i'm sorry about any salt i just rubbed in that wound sorry (laughs) um next up aj dylan who i mentioned i like at that value uh clyde edwards alaire um but what is all this isaiah pacheco stuff Mm -hmm. right i I don't know i'm staying away from it i'm just like sometimes you can just pass passing um damian harris love at this value yes Spoke to the Patriots V reporter earlier this week on the show. He said it is Damian Harris show, but yes, Ramonde Stevenson is going to get a lot of love too. So I think both of those guys are going to be useful. And you know, it's the same thing as with Kyle Shanahan. Bill Belichick doesn't care about your fantasy team. 
I told you so. Um, the Bellatrix. Yep. Bellatrix. Um, but both those guys are going to be valuable. I think they should both be rostered and the value is they're fine. They're fine because of where they're being valued. So you, I think they're both drafts. Devin Singletary, does this stick out to you as maybe a value? Or are you concerned about James Cook? No, I mean, I, I think Singletary, he was a guy I definitely believed in too uh, earlier on in his career, and then it kind of like fizzled out. But I think, like you said, it's all about value, and I think where he is right now, it's it's not a terrible uh, pick to have. I think, I think that's okay. Down the stretch, they, when they finally decided to use him and unleash him, it worked really well for the mm-hmm. Bills. So I think there's possibility there, and I don't think there's a lot to lose at this point in the draft because he's going around uh, Damian Harris, uh, Miles Sanders, who I'm not so sure about, even though he's so talented. I'm just not sure they're going to use him. I think Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, Sirianni came out wearing a Kenneth Gainwell shirt this week. Can there be? I don't know. Tony Pollard. I like Tony Pollard. Something happens to Zeke. I really like Tony Pollard. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And then we got the two Seahawks back. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit. Well, right, we've got Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny. And yes, Kenneth Walker is going ahead of Rashad Penny, which I wrote an article about this earlier. I didn't agree with. But, yeah, but. I, don't, I don't I don't like that either. I know that uh, Walker was awesome last year. He's one of the best players in college football. So you think it's going to automatically translate. And usually... You know, rookie running backs do have pretty good success, um, but I, I think Rashad Penny showed enough flashes where he looked awesome. I mean, look, the Seahawks, they drafted him the first run for a reason. Now, when they drafted him, it probably was a mistake, but the guy is talented. I know he's dealing with injuries, but again, find me, name me running backs that have not dealt with injuries in their career. So Chris Carson being gone, it, it definitely helps, opens up all the space there for him. The question mark at QB, you know, depending, it seems like it flip-flops almost like every day, it seems like, but as of now, I'm sure you were the same thing. It seems like it's going to be Geno Smith, uh, at least uh, at quarterback. But who knows? We'll we'll find out in a few weeks. But if Geno Smith is there, it's nothing great, but it's a guy that can at least manage it to some extent. But I still think the obviously the ground attack is going to be the number one thing for the, the Seahawks. Yes, even with those great receivers, but you, know, you don't have a quarterback getting the ball. There's no more Russell Wilson. He also is back on a one-year prove-it deal. So I think he's betting on himself, and that's something that actually does matter. He's not going to, you know, this guy's livelihood's on the, on the line. He's not going to be okay with being under his averages. And uh, I, I was reading some stuff, too. If you know you watch Michigan State, Kenneth Walker, not the best receiving running back. Some beat writers said that he may not even crack like the third down running back list. That's kind of how these rookies get into the league, and it's like they get used to the, the game speed and stuff is by being a third down back. Well, if he's not going to catch, and he's not blocking well, and there's other guys in the depth right ahead of him, that hurts his chances, too. So this is something that Rashad Penny can do. So where Rashad Penny is going, I I like him. Yes, I know I've talked up last year, Kenneth Walker, should win the Heisman, whatever. I uh, to me, Rashad Penny is is the pick here. Uh, I had him on a lot of teams last year, de- de- definitely on that stretch run, and he was league good. Winner. And another league winner, yeah. So he's he's a guy that I really really love, and I I am targeting in all, all my leagues. I really like him too. Now let me, and because I really like him, I'm going to give you this information and see if it changes how you feel. Number one, Pete Carroll today said actually he's impressed that Kenneth Walker is a great pass blocker and <sighs> he can catch. Well, Number I mean, two, uh, the Seahawks threw to their running backs the least of any NFL team in the league last year. They don't throw, so maybe it doesn't matter. Number three, this is the one that kills me. Just want you to know I'm still coming down on the Rashad Penny side too before I say it. 
Rashad Penny has a slight groin injury as of a few hours ago. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's going to always be injured. You have to deal uh, with that. When you draft Rashad, I feel like I should like a disclaimer. If you draft Rashad Penny, make sure if you're in a two, or, you know, two running back league, just make sure you have two other guys that could start. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, the just, value you can't pass it up. I think. Sure, sure. And the, and and to me, with with, with Carol saying that, it's like. I mean, maybe they don't – look, I, I, he's probably trying to counterbalance the the negative stuff that was some of the beat reporters. You don't want to get too down on a guy that was in the right. Heisman conversation. You want to make all the draft pick looks a lot better because he could be the running back of the future. Obviously, like I said, one-year deal for Rashad Penny. I'm not even saying well, Kenneth Walker's going to be bad. I think he's going to be great. He was awesome in college. But I think in terms of this year, why would you take a guy who you, like who is coming into the league that has – some question marks, whereas a guy, you know, Penny's real big flaw is just his his durability. So to me, it's a no-brainer of who would rather take at that spot in the draft. After Penny. Um, so Walker's actually going before Penny. Obviously, Walker now potentially a value if he gets to take over. Um, and then you're going to want to look even deeper into that running back room. But um, I, I still like Penny, too. All right. After that, Kareem Hunt, who wants a trade. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds, who's one of many in Miami now. Ramondre Stevenson, who I do think will pop off for big games. Cordero Patterson, who is the number one running back for Atlanta, but he's going all the way down here because they're Atlanta, and and God bless him. Can he really repeat last season? Probably not. And then, and then, Melvin Gordon. Doesn't wow. that seem like it's got to be a value? That's That's pretty surprising. It seems like it. Okay. Then Michael Carter, James Cook, Isaiah Spiller, um, Alexander, Alexander Madison. <laughs> Gotta always do that. Okay. Ronald Jones, Rashad White, Naheem Hines, who is interesting to me because I think they may mix him in a little bit more to trick, trick it up. Uh, Darrell Henderson, Damian Pierce, James Robinson. All the way down to 47. What do you think about that? Well, he's still nursing the injury from last year, too, a mm-hmm. little bit into camp. Uh, he's playing. He, he, he is. No, he, I know he's back. I, I do like I, I mean, he's he's a guy that's super underrated throughout the league, throughout his career. What does scare me about that, though, is the quarterback running back connection of Travis. He, you know, drafting two guys from Clemson, you know, the same backfield. But I think if, if Robinson is – that to me is like almost going to be an even split backfield because you want to make do of your first round, you know, your your first pick with you know getting ETN so early. So you don't you don't want to look dumb doing that as an organization. But James Robinson's talent is undeniable, and he could do everything on the field for you. Um, he's the one bright spot of that organization that's been pretty bad for the last few years. So I, I like you said before, like a stay away thing. I think if he's sliding way, way, way down the road, then sure, I'd be pick him up. But in this region of the draft, there's probably other guys I'd target just because there's too many question marks there. Kenneth Gainwell, Khalil Harbert, J.D. McKissick, Tyler Algier. Um, he was apparently listed as eighth on the depth chart in Atlanta, so maybe you want to stay away from that. Um, Jamal Williams, Daryl Williams, Gus Edwards, Raheem Mostert, Donta Foreman, Marlon Mack, Brian Robinson, Tyrion Davis-Price, that's the player in San Francisco that they're, that's looking really good, Zamir White, who we saw in preseason action, Sony Michelle, Kenyon Drake, Dernish Johnson, Mark Ingram, if Alvin Kamara does get a suspension, you're definitely going to want that. Mark Ingram, Hassan Haskins, Jarek McKinnon, Chris Evans, Trey Sermon, and James White, who just retired. Just retired. Well, out of, that, out of that group, uh, <laughs> in my, my late round dart throw, and we talked about it before the line, so I don't have to go too much into it again, but I really do like Jamal Williams. Uh, I think Jamal Williams, you know, if DeAndre Swift misses games, and I love Swift, obviously, the, he's probably the most prolific pass catcher running Swift. back. 
but he, he, he could miss games. Durability is always an issue with every running back. Uh, Jamal Williams is a guy that from what we saw in hard knocks, Dan Campbell must believe in. And the games that Swift does miss, he averages over four yards a carry. He's, you know, approaching, you know, 15 plus carries a game uh, when Swift is out. He can catch the ball too. Uh, he gets a fair amount of targets and he does not drop balls too, which is, he had like a 98% like yeah, catch rate, cool. which is huge uh, for him. So you're getting a guy this late in the draft that if Swift is out, he's like borderline running back one material and i I'm, I'm a huge fan of his and i think where he's going in drafts there's all those names there like he's going near guys that just retired like that should that that should be like a, a red flag like oh, why is this guy going so late when he's super effective when he's actually starting and, he, and he'll get a, he'll, he'll get a share too even with swift in there uh who knows how good jared goff's gonna be it's gonna run through the the, the, the two running backs there so i'm a big fan of uh, jamal williams and he's probably gonna go up the draft boards based on his uh hard knocks performances i think we should definitely oh, yeah. monitor how average draft positions change based on hard knocks because I think that is definitely going to happen though there hasn't been a lot of Jared Goff love yet um I might right. call HBO and just be like please yeah. don't show Jamal Lewis anymore I, I just, just need don't. to draft him yeah because you're, you're <laughs> he's no longer a secret weapon if you do that um we packed it in and there is still so much to say. I hope that somehow we gave you an overview of the running back landscape for those of you that are listening to this we're going to recap each position over the next few weeks. So I believe we'll do wide receiver next week, probably, and then tight end. And then we'll spend the last week before everything starts, just recapping everything and, and going over the news and strategies. We'll be bringing guests in this season to help us make great decisions. Obviously, the show's called Waiver Wired. We're going to talk a lot about being active on the waiver wire and who to target, because that's really how you win your league. Um, in the meantime, have you booked your Buffalo Wild Wings party yet? Eddie? I not only yes, I got all, all my order of wings uh, being sent to the the house. I, I, everything's going to yeah. be sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, you yeah. know, I last week uh, I I didn't eat any bad food. I just was eating ice chips and gulps of air, and then it was dinner time, and I drove over to Buffalo Wild Wings. I had one of every single flavor of heat scale of wings. That's all I I'm eat. Like, so I'm like, I, why I'm, does it just have to be for a fantasy party? I'm just because they do this like home package, right? I'm just call it and be like, yeah, I'm having another fantasy draft. Do you know how many fantasy drafts I have? I have like two dozen probably. Oh so God. I'm just like going to have like my discount wings pack come over and like if you go in you get half off all your appetizer just go in with like 11 of my friends we'll sit on sleeper and do a draft i mean is there any more fun thing to do and and don't worry about gulping air because i'm just gonna i'll just order the cauliflower and then i'll tell myself it's you're right they have the healthy menu healthy. now it's the that's the best happiest place on earth you walk into buffalo wild wings there's a million tvs <laughs> the beer's flowing boneless wings bone-in wings whatever you want whatever scale in the heat you Literally, want to go f- ever uh, since they hooked us up with this whole draft package thing by the way thanks buffalo wild wings this is awesome i am like every time i'm driving i'm like oh there's another one oh, there's another one like maybe i can just go to different ones so that i'm less of the weird girl that keeps showing up at buffalo wild wings uh, to, to me there's like not I, there should be one on every street corner honestly i feel like i i i'd sleep over it. leave the lights on i'll take care of it i'll, I'll clean up shop <laughs> i love buffalo wild wings anyway buffalo wild wings thank you very much for hooking us up with draft packages and uh you're the best and um yeah that's the that's the catch guys enjoy your pre-season preseason football tonight don't forget to put in your extra prop pick hashtag extra prop don't forget to go to extra points and play in our arcade because we have golden hats i know you can't get these um sorry this is you know what it's not even just employees only i think it might even be like 
inaugural employees only. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels really special. Like I feel like I should have cousin Sal sign it, and um, and it, I'm going to keep it forever. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, get your extra points gear. You can get waiver wired stickers. I don't know what you're going to do with them, but you should definitely get them. Bring them to Buffalo Wild Wings. Bring them put to them Buffalo on the Wild walls Wings. Buffalo Wings. All and then, like, yes. Except do it after you leave because you don't want like your friends, you know, getting their secrets. Yes. Because we're giving out the secrets. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to be back next week for another live stream. As always, please send your questions to myself or Eddie. We will get to them on the podcast. We do want you to be a part of the podcast. We enjoy this. It is uh, one of my favorite hours of the week. Eddie, have an awesome week, and I'll see you next time.